You found us. Welcome to the Holminster Podcast, a church in the centre of Hull. Your place to worship, enjoy, explore and to belong. If you'd like more information in how you can get involved, visit our website at www.hullminster.org. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions and sufferings. What kind of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium and Lystra, the persecutions I endured? Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted, while the evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worst, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and become convinced of because you know from those who you learned it and how from infancy you have known holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through the faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Thank you very much, Tom. Uh, We're going to uh, continue reading in the scriptures, and uh, this time turning to John 7, and uh, beginning to read at verse 25. John 7, verse 25. At that point, some of the people of Jerusalem began to ask, isn't this the man they are trying to kill? Here he is, speaking publicly, and they are not saying a word to him. Have the authorities really concluded that he is the Messiah? But we know where this man comes from. When the Messiah comes, no one, no one will know where he is from. Then Jesus, still teaching in the temple courts, cried out, Yes, you know me, and you know where I, where I am from. I am not here on my own authority, but he who sent me is true. You do not know him, but I know him, because I am from him, and he sent me. At this they tried to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him, because his hour had not yet come. Still, many in the crowd believed in him. They said, when the Messiah comes, will he perform more signs than this man? The Pharisees heard the crowd whispering such things about him. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees sent temple guards to arrest him. Jesus said, I am with you for only a short time, and then I am going to the one who sent me. You will look for me, but you will not find me, and where I am you cannot come. The Jews said to one another, Where does this man intend to go that we cannot find him? Will he go where our people live scattered among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? What did he mean when he said, You will look for me, but you will not find me, and where I am you cannot come? On the last day, the greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. 
Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. On hearing his words, some of the people said, Surely this man is the prophet. Others said, He is the Messiah. Still others asked, How can the Messiah come from Galilee? Does not Scripture say that the Messiah will come from David's descendants and from Bethlehem, the town where David lived? Thus the people were divided because of Jesus. Some wanted to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him. So we pray, Lord, that you would help us as we ponder on these passages of Scripture and the meaning that they disclose to us. Help us to be courageous as we explore and faithful to you as we journey on. And by your gracious and blessed Spirit, reveal Jesus more fully in us and to us as we trust ourselves to you in his name. Amen. So my theme tonight is exploring, and in particular, exploring uh, how God speaks through his word. Um, One of the dangers of exploring is that sometimes you find things that you weren't expecting. Uh, In fact, it's almost the nature of exploring, that we we don't know what it is that we'll find... And when we find what we find, it may not be what we might have expected. And I think that's part of what life's about. It's about uh, engaging in uh, an exploration with God to see what it is that he is doing in the world and what it is that he wants to do with us. And scripture is one of the most important resources that we are able to draw on. And I want to reflect a bit tonight, uh, not least from my own original experience in terms of faith. I first came to appreciate the wonder uh, and wonder at the importance of Scripture as I stumbled myself into a committed Christian faith, stumbling being the operative word, uh, as I uh, tried to make sense of what was going on in my life and what God was doing with me. My background Uh, was distinctly and positively Christian, uh, and yet I had hardly uh, read or knew the scriptures. I wasn't brought up in a tradition where the scriptures were uh, read at home, uh, and it certainly wasn't uh, expected of us that we should read the scriptures ourselves. I remember a particularly taxing evening when I was trying to come to terms with my lack of faith on the one hand and yet my desire for a relationship with God on the other. And I was in a um, student's flat in York at the time and uh, we'd been uh, talking. Uh, We'd come from a church service which had been quite extraordinary uh, an experience and uh, a young woman said to me, she saw, the, she saw the state I was in. She saw that I was in a state of profound confusion uh, and, uh, and, and was absolutely accurate in that. And she said, um, why don't you read Matthew 7, verse 7? 
Now, nobody's ever said anything like that to me before, uh, and not many people have said to it that sort of thing to me since. Uh, nobody had ever suggested that if I read the scriptures, that there may be some way in which the struggle which I was in the middle of might find some help or guidance or resolution. Now, I know you all know immediately what Matthew 7, verse 7 is, but just in case you've forgotten, uh, it says this, Ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Um, I went home from that gathering in that state of utter confusion. Um, I had been given a Bible just a few weeks previously, uh, um, and, uh, and uh, it, I wasn't particularly familiar with it, so it took me a bit of a time to find Matthew. Uh, and there in the, I read those words in Matthew 7 and verse 7. And I did, as the passage suggested that I should. I asked, I sought, and I knocked. And I asked Jesus Christ to speak to me and to touch my life, to uh, reveal himself to me, to show himself to me. The next morning, I woke up and I knew that something had happened. I didn't know what it was, but I knew that something profound had happened, that somehow or other, in the confusion, that God had given me a sense of direction. He'd given me a, a sense of confidence in his desire to connect with me and he had somehow mysteriously taken up residence in my heart uh, and uh, somehow those things uh, were already known to me in that, on that morning when I woke up. The night was May the 9th 1972 I'm one of those fortunate people uh, who can date the moment at which uh, a transformation really took hold uh, in our life. And my life since then, you can see that's quite a long time ago, 1972, uh, uh, but my life since then has led me into a lifelong fascination with the Word and the way God speaks through it. And I believe it's profoundly important that we are engaged by Scripture and that we engage with Scripture, that we allow Scripture to explore the depths of our being and that we ourselves wrestle with and engage with Scripture along the way. So to our readings that we've got set, we have set for this evening, the first one, uh, which comes from 2 Timothy, which Tom read for us earlier on. Um, it's in its own way a profoundly interesting story. Uh, and what Paul is doing, who's, the, who's writing this, uh, is that he is, as it were, apprenticing Timothy. Something really important about that, uh, about being an apprentice. Uh, and uh, I want to come back to that in a moment or two. Uh, and he's helping Timothy to understand how it is that he will grow in the faith and he's invited to see Paul's life and its extraordinary explorations. I mean Paul by this stage had been traveling 
uh, through much of Europe, as, uh, sorry, much of Asia, and then into Europe, uh, and uh, had been uh, involved in some of the most um, extraordinary experiences on his missionary journeys, as sometimes they're called. Uh, and he had, in that journeying, grown ever more deeply into faith and had experienced God's uh, hand on him through some pretty challenging experiences. Uh, and uh, Paul is saying to Timothy uh, that um, the way we grapple with Scripture is to allow our Christian lives to be transformed by the grace of God so that we can um, discern, so we can listen to, so we can feel our way more deeply into what Scripture is saying. It's a lifetime's journey, as Paul would discover, was discovering himself, and it would certainly be true for Timothy, that somehow or other the way we live our lives is directly important to the way we connect with God's Word, that it's not something that you can just read off the page. I remember hearing an interview with Rowan Williams, who was a recent Archbishop of Canterbury, uh, and he was being asked about a particular concern that was on in, the, on in the news at the time. And the interviewer was clearly expecting him uh, to read off chapter and verse from the Bible and give the answer, in quotes. And Rowan said to her, well, he said, I'll have to go away and pray about that and think about that and read and reflect on that particular question. Um, and she said, what, you mean you don't have an answer to it? And she said, and he said, well, no. Uh, we are on a journey. We are people who are pilgrims. We don't arrive and just read stuff off and be able to give an answer. Uh, and she was, you, you could hear, even, even though it was on the radio, you could see her mouth was open because she thought this guy, Archbishop of Canterbury, the big cheese, he's going to know the answer to this question. I'm sure that Rowan did have a fairly clear idea what it was about, but he was actually teaching her, saying, I'm journeying uh, on, uh, on the great journey of life, uh, and what I'm doing is, uh, is that I'm trying to learn how God relates to this human journey. Uh, and it's not something you can simply just pick and choose from or uh, get, a, you know, get, get an idea by typing in the right word into your search engine and out comes the answer. It's not that way. It doesn't work that way. It's about allowing yourself to be so embraced by God that actually what comes out of that is a more profound understanding of who God is and who we are and what it is that God calls us to do. A life that's been shaped by God and God's word is the surest way to be able to interpret and explore scripture. One of the things that I was privileged to do as a younger Christian was to be able to be with people who'd been on the Christian journey longer than I had uh, and was apprenticed by a number of different people over the years in my, in my early uh, life. I was a youth worker in York, and I had two great friends who were much older than I was, um, Mervyn and Ken, and they're both great Christian men, great, great faithful Christian men. 
uh, and I learned from them a huge amount uh, just by watching the way they lived, by listening to the things they talked about, by working with them in interpreting scripture. And uh, for all of us, at any stage of the journey, we're all, we're all apprentices. I've been a Christian, whatever that is, since 1972. Tom, what's your, what's your maths like? A lot of years. Over 40 years, yeah. That's it, yeah. Just, just checking these awake. Uh, um, but journeying on that length of time, I'm still an apprentice. Absolutely still an apprentice. Uh, and I, ex- I expect to be an apprentice uh, until I die, and, and possibly on beyond then too. Because uh, this, if, if God is infinite, if God is who we believe he is, then we are called, we, are, we finite creatures are called into the most extraordinary adventure in encountering this God who loves us, as we've been singing tonight, uh, who invests us uh, with his gifts and who leads us on to make a difference in the world. Uh, and if you are on the early stages of the Christian journey, attach yourself to somebody who's been on the journey a bit longer than you have. Because actually in doing that, uh, we learn so much, uh, as I did from that couple, uh, those two men who were fellow youth workers with me in York. And attach ourselves to a Christian community, uh, which is why the life of the faith, the church life, is so important. Because in the life of, ch- of the church, we begin to, uh, especially a church which is trying to wrestle with Scripture, understand what it's about, uh, then uh, by en- en- engaging with the church, uh, we're likely to grow in faith as well. The, the church that I went to in York, it, uh, it, was, it was, used to be called St. Cuthbert's, now called St. Michael of Belfry. When I was there, the, uh, on, in the mornings, they had what they called family services. Uh, and, uh, and I used to love going to the family service. They were only about 45 minutes each. They were all illust- they were illustrated, so there's lots and lots of pictures. Uh, and for me, I learned more in those first few months in those family services than you know, than in many other times in my own life. Uh, because they were, they were trying to understand how Scripture makes a difference uh, as people follow Jesus Christ. Well, that's enough of my own story. Let's get back to those passages that we've read because one of the challenges uh, about exploring the Bible is that people come up with very different conclusions from reading it. And it's um, one of the things which is quite puzzling, especially uh, when we're early on in the life of faith, to discover that people have got often quite different interpretations. Uh, You might have picked that up uh, as we were reading in St. John's Gospel just a moment or two ago. The dispute as to whether Jesus is the Messiah. Do you remember the, the, um, the, the dispute? Uh, well, some, uh, the, the, there was, there was a, a, a kind of a batting backwards and forwards of different views about Jesus. Uh, some say that because they know where Jesus is from, he can't be the Messiah. That's one position. 
because they know where Jesus is from, he can't be the Messiah. Another group of people say, uh, because he comes from Galilee, he can't be the Messiah. So they, so, and because he has to come from Bethlehem. Of course, they didn't realize that he was from Bethlehem. But uh, there, in, just in that, uh, on, on that occasion, you see people coming with very different views about something which they're trying to work out. Uh, and um, uh, that is the journey that we're on, where we will find ourselves wrestling with things and finding ourselves sometimes in contradictory positions. Batting around texts is not usually uh, the best way to try to, um, uh, to actually come to a, uh, to a conclusion. Uh, there are more valuable ways, ultimately, of understanding what Scripture is about, and that is principally about seeking to live a faithful life in following Jesus Christ. And then we begin to be able to wrestle with the material which is in front of us. On to that stage where this dispute is going on between the different people comes Jesus himself. Uh, and uh, as we would expect, uh, his ability to interpret Scripture is something which is really worth listening to. But you might have heard, uh, as I read, um, just a, 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 a phrase that, um, that Jesus used. Um, he, uh, he talked, he said, as Scripture says, out of their hearts will flow rivers of living water. And he said, this is to mean the, the gift of the Holy Spirit that, uh, who's to be given to those uh, who were to follow him. Um, and the interesting thing is that if you search through the Old Testament, which of course is Jesus' Bible, there is no text that says those words. There, is plenty of, there are plenty of texts which talk about living water, but there's nothing in the Old Testament which says, out of the heart of believers will flow living water. And I was pondering on that as I was reading in preparation for tonight and wondering why it was that here in St. John's Gospel, you've got a classic kind of opportunity to be able to nail a particular understanding uh, and, you, and to attach it to a text uh, that you could then, as it were, take and trade with other people. Uh, but Jesus is far more profound than simply wanting to exchange texts. What he's doing is he is speaking about what the whole of the scripture is actually saying. Uh, he has so imbibed the, 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 the words that have been given to us, he has so lived the story that he's actually able to say that this is actually what scripture is leading to, which is the gift of the Holy Spirit, the living water that will flow in our lives. It's quite puzzling when you find in the scripture that it doesn't quite say the things that you're thinking it's saying. The thing is that what it usually says is something far more profound than we ourselves think. And that's why it's important that we explore it and why we explore it together, and that we explore it seriously and persistently. 
uh, and to try to get a sense of what is God's big picture that he's saying, what, that he's, that he's um, revealing, and, and where is it that we fit in to that great journey of faith, which is focused in and through Jesus and which is released into our lives in the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's a lifetime's exploration. It doesn't stop when we finish reading our portion of Scripture for the day, if that's your custom. It doesn't stop when we hear scripture, the end of Scripture read in church. It actually only starts there, in truth, because it's about God getting a hold of us so profoundly and deeply that we begin, begin to instinctively, ultimately, understand the riches that God has for us in Christ. My hope is that, uh, that we are explorers, that we will journey with God, uh, that we will allow him to journey, uh, to allow us to journey with him into deep places of understanding because in the world of which we're part, superficiality is so often the norm and it's so easy for the church to fall into the same trap. And yet we're called to be people who somehow or other, as again our songs have been saying, is that God is taking hold of our lives in such a way to make a difference to the life of the world to the life of the city of Hull here, to the university, to the institutions of the, of the, of the city, uh, to the square of which we're, in which we're part here uh, looking out tonight, to the people who come and go uh, through this building through the week, many of whom are pretty challenging people uh, and who need a great deal of, uh, of help along the way. And we'll do it as we let God take hold of us as we let God teach us through one another and through his word, and as we let God uh, take us out into the world as Jesus' disciples to make a difference in the world. So let's come to that spring of living water, the Holy Spirit of God, and ask him to speak to us afresh today and in the days to come. Creator Spirit, rekindle in us your gifts of grace, renew our life in Christ, and bring to completion all that your calling has begun, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Well, we hope you've enjoyed listening to one of our sermons. If you'd like to learn more about what we do, then follow us on social media or visit our website www.holminster.org.